Tea. Sequoia's official podcast. Where we kick ash. Hey there, Sequoia. This is Tanner, your K19 host for the day, and with me is my co-host, Noah. Hi. And our estimated guest, Dr. David Horton. And a partner consultant from the core collaboration and Sequoia's very own impact team coach. Dr. Warren, how are you doing today? And thank you for being on our show. Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me here at Sequoia. Dr. Horan, can you please tell our audience a little bit about your background in education? Were you a teacher, counselor, or administrator? And how did you come to be a coach for impact teams? So that's a great question. I've been both a teacher and an administrator. I started out as a high school math and science teacher in Torrance, and then after that became a high school administrator in a couple of different high schools and eventually a district office administrator. Um, I finished my time as an assistant superintendent in the school district in Riverside County and um, have been an adjunct professor with several different universities too where I train teachers and administrators to be um, ready for their jobs. So becoming a coach with impact teams, um, I partnered with a colleague and friend of mine who's been doing this work for a while who wanted me to come and join him out on the road, and I joined him about two years ago. Yeah, wow. so um, can you tell us a little bit about um, what an impact team really is and what they do? Yeah, so an impact team is a group of teachers working together that are partnering together to look at how they improve student learning and to help the learning of their students get deeper so the students can own their own learning. So the team processes that we help the teachers go through is to have teachers support each other to learn and talk about what their students are doing in their classes and how the kids can get better at the work they do so that kids know they're learning. So my understanding is that impact teams are a group of groups of teachers who believe in collective efficacy, which is a fancy way of saying that by working together as teachers, they can help all students learn. I know students learn in different ways. I'm more of a hands-on learner. So, and so, why why is this collective efficacy so important? Yeah, so that's interesting, isn't it? This idea of collective efficacy, what that what we learn about that in the research science about how learning works and how kids learn and how people learn is that there's one strategy that is the most impactful of all and that is collective efficacy. When teachers have collective efficacy, which is that they have a belief that the things they're working on will work with students, it actually quadruples the speed of learning of the kids in the classes. So what we work with teachers on doing is that by learning to work together and building what we build together and then trying it in classes to see if kids respond well, when teachers are doing that together and believe what they're working on will work with the kids, it will quadruple the learning for the kids. So it's a really powerful process that we go through, but if you can imagine, and a lot of us have been on teams no matter what we've been on teams on before, whether it's a little league team or an athletic team or a church team or whatever, teams are tricky and they require time for people to get good at being a team. You don't just put people in a room together and say you're a team. So a lot of the work that I do and I help support the Sequoia teachers is to also help them learn what good processes are to be good teams because that's the backbone of that collective efficacy thing. Okay, so besides this belief, so besides this belief, What are the other key parts of the impact team model? 
Yeah, so the the thing that teachers work on that is really powerful is that we uh, work on the teachers to do two basic things. One of them is we help teachers gain clarity so they become clear on what the standards are, what the targets are that we want kids to learn. So you can imagine if you're working like, you know, if you're sitting in your classes, if you're not clear what you're working on, how well do you think you're going to do it? Not very well. Not very well. So one of the things we help the teachers work on to really think through carefully is that we have to be clear first before the students can become clear. Because if we're not clear as teachers and we don't give you clear targets to shoot for, how will you ever hit the target? So one really fun thing we work on with the teachers then is that we focus a lot of time talking about and learning together about what the target is. What do we really want kids to be able to do? And that's a big piece. So clarity is the first thing. And then the next thing that's very, very important, oh, by the way, when we have clarity, that doubles the speed of learning of kids. So you can imagine that's pretty powerful. But then the other side is we want kids to be able to know that they're learning. So we want them to be able to look at their work, students look at their own work, and know what they can get better at. And when a student can do that, whether they're working alone or with a partner, that more than triples the speed of their learning. So when kids can look at their own work and figure out how well am I doing it, and then know what they need to do to improve that work, that more than triples their learning speed. So in doing this, that's what the teachers at Sequoia are working on that's so exciting. They're working on clarity and they're working on kids being able to self and peer assess. So you're saying uh, students are involved in the learning process, right? Yeah, it's absolutely that is that what we we help the teachers see is that one of the most, you know, and you think about how you learn the best as a student, it, it's usually that way you're when you're active, when you're in the learning, when you're busy, and you're creative, and you're thinking of things and you're talking with partners. When you're engaged in learning, you're excited. Um, and that's what we help the teachers see too, is that the powerful way to make that happen is to, to be sure that the kids are activated in this learning and that they're a big part of it. We don't want this to be that it's not something teachers do to kids. It's something that we do with kids. Yeah. So obviously students are involved since we're the ones learning, but I don't think this is really what you mean. So why is it important that students take on an active role with their teachers in the learning process? Yeah, so taking the active role is, is kind of what I was describing before. You can imagine that if students are going to be able to look at their own work and know that they're getting better, that means you have to be actively connected with your teacher and the student connected to the teacher, the teacher to the kids, and so on. It can't be that the teacher gives kids a target and then walks away and doesn't help the kids understand how to hit that target. So you're right. What you're describing is right on, is that when kids are active and they're a big part of this, it's more fun to learn that way but it's also increasing the speed of your learning because when t teachers are involving you in that and you're knowing where you are, you'll get better at that because you know where you're going, so you know how to get better at it. Yeah, I could think of this. I could think of an example. Um, that one time in my uh, recently in my history class, um, we got into groups and we chose topics and we made presentations. Oh, and this was uh, presentations about Africa. And so then we presented in front of the class. And so we were pretty much the teachers at the same time. Yeah. So if you think about that, that's that's an important thing. And what we, we help the teachers see is that, that doing that is a great way to get started. And then the next thing that we would have teachers think about in that same example you gave would be 
if students could, if a student could self-assess or with their partners peer assess their work even before you gave the presentation to know that you have all the right information and that you did everything exactly the way you wanted to, that would make that same presentation even better if you can imagine. And so the teachers that, that we're working with right now at Sequoia are thinking that way. They're finding creative ways to get the students to think about and be engaged in this together to make it so that students know that they're learning and how their learning is getting better. Okay, so what has your work been at Sequoia? I know you've been working with my band teacher, Mrs. Dionson, as we've been doing some really awesome things in class. In fact, we just made a recording today for your session this afternoon. Who else have you been working with and what has the focus been on? Yeah, so, so far I've been working with five different groups of teachers. One of them has been um, the fine arts band group that Mrs. Stevens is part of, and that is also partnering up with a, a sister middle school. And when we're talking with that group of teachers, what we're looking at is finding ways so that the kids that are in those fine arts classes, like the band classes, that they're able to look at their own ability to be ready to play, what they play, how they play, and be able to assess that on their own. So what's been really fun in that little team has been us looking at thinking about what are all the skills that that a that an expert band student at eighth grade let's say what are the things that they do that make them ready to play so they have their equipment they have their instrument they have their music stand they, so you can think of all the things like a checklist that you would do that a musician would do to be ready and what's been so fun with that little group is that we've talked about that and broken it down into these steps that they can then coach kids in their classes so the kids can learn that they're ready to play. So what's really fun about that is to get it to where the teachers are not the ones reminding kids, are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? They can turn it over to the kids and the kids should be able to look at it and say, yeah, I know I'm ready. And they should be able to look at their checklist or they should know, oh, I'm missing something. I forgot to get my pencil out or I forgot to get my music stand ready or whatever. So that's been really exciting. And then. Uh, the other couple te uh, teams that we're working with is sixth grade math is one of the teams, grade seven, eight math, grade eight, English language arts, and we're working with grade eight science. That's a lot. So before we make our closing remarks, do we have any comments or questions from our city audience? Uh, hi, my name is Jack. Um, I'm in eighth grade, and I was just wondering, you said that you had uh, we were working with eighth grade math, eighth grade science, and eighth grade English, and I'm in all of those classes. And I was just wondering, are there any specific teachers that you're working with on Sequoia, and are you allowed to share that with us? Um, you know, I'm not sure that I would be able to share which are the teachers that we've been working with. I would let that be a question that the principal at the school could share. But what I will say that's been very exciting about that is if you think about the power of, like, like you mentioned, those eighth grade teachers they're all working with, you're a student that you have the opportunity to bump into three different classes in the day, or even four when you come to band and fine arts. You might have four teachers all in the same day that are starting to do, practice, and think this way. And so what we would hope to, to find out would be from someone like you is, are you seeing things that your teachers are starting to do with you where you're able to look at your learning in a different way or look at a checklist for success or use a rubric for success or things like this? Because as you start seeing those things happening in your class, I would say that's what these teachers have been working on. So little by little, you'll probably start noticing different teachers trying things out on you to say, 
hey, how do we know what success looks like? How do I know if kids are getting better? How do kids know they're getting better at it? And when you see that, then you'll know. Well, that's actually so funny that you mentioned that because after this podcast, I just realized that, you know, in English, we're doing, uh, we're, we essentially grade ourselves on our essays. And in science, we're doing a rocket project and we have a self-assessment rubric that we grade ourselves on. And it's really making me realize that, yeah, I'm, I'm realizing what I need to accomplish and I'm accomplishing that because I know what I need to do and I know that I'm grading myself. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And if you think about that, like for instance, just today we worked with the science teachers and guess what? we were talking about the rocket so we looked at the rocket and what was interesting is exactly what you described is we not only looked at what the finished product of, of firing off the rockets would be and the teachers have been thinking very carefully about what that looks like so students know what success should be they also thought about what students will write about after so today for instance in the session just before this podcast that was really exciting is we spent about three hours talking about what it's like to get in that writing so that we can uncover what students are really thinking about and where they might have some confusion still. That's so cool. Thank you for answering my question. Sure, no problem. Yeah, I could uh, I could see some of my teachers starting to make us self-assess. Like my math teacher, we've been she's been a bit more strict on uh, test corrections. Mm -hmm. And we have to self-assess ourselves on what we did wrong and what we could do to fix it. Yeah, so what, and, and if you think about that, that's a, it's a really difficult skill, isn't it? When you think about error correction, because if you're doing things wrong and you don't know how to fix it, how do you fix something that you did wrong if you already did it wrong once? So when I work with the teachers and we talk together, we think very carefully about that because having students get through something they've done wrong, you really have to be sure that students see the correct path Otherwise, the student is just cementing the wrong learning in their brain and not seeing the correct way to do it. So it's a very, very high-level skill for someone to do error analysis. Yeah, uh, Dr. Warren, this has been a very informative podcast, and it sheds light for all of our listeners. I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to have my dad listen since he's a elementary school principal in our district. Is there anything else you would like to address or share with our audience? Well, kind of as you describe it, it, one thing that's really, really exciting is when you see places like Sequoia, you can imagine that as a student, it would have been really, really excellent if you as a fourth and fifth grader had been learning this way before you got to middle school so that you already knew that way. So when your teachers start working with you at Sequoia, that was a very natural thing. And the same is true for high school. You can imagine how powerful it would be if you land at the high school and the high school teachers teach and work with kids the same way too. So as you figure out how you learn, it becomes something that you want to see that in all the classes that you take because you want your teachers to engage with you and partner with you so that you know you're learning and that they can help you find your learning. Well, this is Sandra from the K19 Podcast with my co-host Noah and, of course, Dr. Horn. So thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time.